0: Hello and welcome to the Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Welcome to the PacMag Parents Podcast. I'm Brie James. And on today's episode, we're chatting all things habits. Now, I want you to think about all the things you do every day without concentrating on them. For example, making tea, driving to work, brushing your teeth, the list goes on. The science behind how our brains are able to do this is interesting, and by understanding this, uh, it can help you become more productive both at home and at work. So I'm going to welcome back internationally recognized professor of neuroscience, Mark Williams, to chat about habits and how much our day-to-day lives are controlled by them. So let's get him on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So, tell me, Mark, what is a habit? Let's start there.
1: Uh, Thanks, Bree. So, a habit's actually a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. Um, That's sort of the official definition. But basically, a habit is anything you do automatically that you don't actually think about. Uh, And most of what we actually do during the day are actually habits rather than. Being things that we consciously think about so most of what we do during the day we don't actually think about before we actually do it. Um, you think about something like Making the kids lunch in the morning before they go to school. You know, most of that you do, just automatically you do it and you chat to your children and so on while you're actually doing it. You're not actually thinking about what you're doing. It's automatic. It's something that you already know. So as soon as you put a knife in your hand, that then triggers you to say butter the bread, which then triggers you to, you know, put something on it, which then triggers you to, to actually close the sandwich and so on. And all those things we do automatically. So we don't think about it. And so they're all really habits. Um, people sort of think about habits as these good habits or bad habits but basically most of what we do is actually a habit rather than being something we're consciously considering before we do it
0: because it's our brain's way of just you know making things really easy right it's just um
1: yeah so our brains aren't capable of actually thinking about much at the same time so we're only able to think about one thing at a time we can't actually multitask although we'll talk about multitasking what we do is task switch, so we switch from one task to another, and that's because our working memory, so the, the bit of our brain which is involved in our conscious awareness and the decisions we make, that is only really really limited. So it's only it's limited to what we call the magic number seven, which is seven slots plus or minus two, which is why in the olden days, before we had mobile phones, all phone numbers were either five or six digits long because we can only hold that many digits in our working memory and then also dial at the same time, because that working memory also needs to be done used to do things. So that's really limited, and that's our conscious. That's what we're, we're aware of. So everything else happens automatically. That's all in our long-term memory, and that's stuff that we do automatically. And if you think of driving, that's a great example of it. So when we first learn how to drive, we can't do anything else and we get really flustered because there's all these things that we have to do and it's, it, it overwhelms our working memory. So we get, you know, we make mistakes and we hit the brake rather than the accelerator or we can't hit the clutch and all those sorts of things. After a while, that's transferred to our long-term memory and it becomes a habit. It becomes automatic. And then we can start talking to the kids in the back of the car or we can listen to the radio or we can, you know, talk on the phone, although you shouldn't, um, and do all those sorts of things while you're actually driving because all of the driving is a habit. Because, and that works really well normally, except for when something bad comes along or something changes you know you hit a roadblock or you hit um a detour and all of a sudden you've got to think about oh where do I go from here how do I do and then you've got to concentrate you've got to go shush to the kids in the back of the <laughs> seat or whatever because you're actually concentrating for a little while because again you've got to use that work in memory but most of the time when you're driving you can do it without actually thinking about
0: it yeah and you're turning down the volume to find a park that's yes. of thing
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and often people will park in a, in, in a um, in a big car park or, or at a shopping centre and they'll forget where they actually parked because, again, it's automatic and all that processes are automatic. So you actually haven't thought about where you parked. You got out of your car automatically. You didn't actually think about it. You walked into the shopping centre and then two hours, three hours later, you come out and go, oh, where did I
0: park? Yeah, what level was
1: Where's I... Um... Ah, yeah, and if it's a big multi-level thing, um, you can have all sorts of trouble. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Speaking from experience, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how much of our days are controlled by habits mark because i'm assuming most of it if you're saying our brains can't handle too much information at the same time
1: (laughs) yeah that that, it's really hard to get a a pinpoint exactly how much, but the research suggests somewhere between 40 and 70% of what we do is actually just habit based, is actually just automatic and we're not actually thinking about it. So it is a huge amount of what we actually do is is just automatic and we're not thinking about it, which is a little scary when you think about it. Absolutely. Um, Most of what we're actually doing is is habit-based rather than um, cognitively, you know, a decision that we're actually making.
0: Because, I mean, I think one of the things that you notice with children is they either have, you know, we've all got good and bad habits, right? So, but, you know, you notice that they may have some habits that you don't think are that good um, that aren't going to be setting them up for life. Um, And I notice many parents, you know, they sit down at the dinner table, they've got the habit of putting that mobile phone there um, or, you know, get up and you turn the television on. You know, there's certain things that you kind of just do but you know it's not really that good for you so is, is there any tips and advice for you know I guess having a good look at your habits and working out what you should do with them
1: yeah there, there is so I mean you've really got to work out what you want in your life you know all these habits are actually determining what your life's going to be like so you've sort of got to start from the point of view of what sort of life do I want and then how do i make that happen and and life doesn't really happen by you making big changes all at once life happens by all the little things we do every day and so by changing those little things you really can change big chunks of your life and big chunks of your future it's sort of like savings if you put a hundred dollars away today and then don't put any more money away you're not going to save a lot of money but if you put away a dollar every day for the next couple of years you're going to save a huge amount of money and, you know, be able to buy a car or whatever. So making those little changes is really important. But you've got to work out what life you want first and then make the changes in response to that. But the big thing is not to try and change your habits because... That's what a lot of people try to do. They try to change the actual behaviour that they don't want. But the problem is it's not the behaviour that's causing the habit, it's the cue or the trigger that results in the habit. So with any habit, what you have is you have a trigger or a cue that then sets off that habit, which is automatic, um, and then you get a reward from that, which is why it's reinforced and you do it again.
0: So tell me about habits. Like How do we form them?
1: So with any habit, we have um, first the trigger... And then we have the behaviour or the thought, and then we have the, the the reward that happens at the end of that. So we, we need to get rid of the cue first or the trigger that happens first rather than focusing on the behaviour. So most people will focus on the behaviour. So if they want to stop eating chocolate and they want to start running more often, they'll go, all right, I'm going to stop eating chocolate. I'm going to run regularly. But that's not actually what you need to do. What you need to do is get rid of the cue that's actually causing you to eat the chocolate and whatever that happens to be. Um, so getting rid of that cue. Uh, I, I was working with a CEO on being more productive and one of he was having A lot of issues at home um, because he was working long hours and then he was coming home and turning on the TV straight away and sitting down and watching TV and then having a drink and so on. And he he was therefore not interacting with his family and his wife. And we wanted to get rid of that behaviour. Pretty simple behaviour to get rid of. It's really easy behaviour to get rid of. What we did with him was we said, okay, you've got to just get rid of the cue. And his cue was when he walked in the door, he saw the remote control to his TV, so he turned on the TV. It was automatic to do that. And so we got rid of the remote control. We said at night when you turn off the TV, take the batteries out of the remote control and put the remote control in the kitchen in the cupboard. So you'll actually go in and speak to your wife before you actually get the remote control out. It completely changed their relationship because he would then get home. To turn on the TV, he would have to go into the kitchen. So he'd go into the kitchen, start talking to his wife. He'd usually get a glass of wine for him and his wife and they'd start chatting. And before he knew it, they'd sort of had dinner and they'd gone, then gone to bed rather than him sitting down. And So he got rid of that cue. And that's what we really need to focus on. And most people in this area will focus on the behaviour or the thought rather than the actual cue itself that's causing that response. Um, We actually learnt this originally because behaviour... um, Sorry. We learnt this originally because... A habit actually is also, from a neurological point of view, it's also can turn into an addiction. So addictions are really just habits that impact on our lives negatively and we want to get rid of. So they're actually the same neurologically, the same thing. And we used to have huge problems. We still do have huge problems um, curing people of addiction because you'll get someone who's severely addicted to, say, a drug or alcohol, put them into a, a rehab unit and cure them of that but then as soon as they go back home, they relapse. And about 90 and to 95% of alcoholics and drug takers relapse when they go back into the environment. When we had the Vietnam War, a huge number of the vets who were addicted to drugs when they were actually over doing um, fighting and so on, which was, you know, horrendous timing. Um, when they came back, 99% of them were cured overnight because of the fact that they no longer had the cues that were causing that addiction, Um, they're all over in Vietnam and they're all related to the war. So most of them were executed. There were some that weren't and there was PTSD in these things that caused other traumas. And I'm really sorry for those people who, who suffered when they got back, but a lot of them, most of them actually got cured. And so that made us realize that it's actually that cue. It's not actually the behavior. So we've got to get rid of the cue and that's how you do it in your normal life. And so what, you really want to do is say with running is attach that running to some cue. So um, if you want to run in the morning, you say, as soon as I hear the alarm, I'm going to run. But you don't want to make it hard for yourself. So what do you want to do is say, as soon as I hear the alarm, I'm going to put on my running gear and I'm going to walk out the front door. That's all you have to do. And, of course, by the time you actually put on your running gear and walk out the front door, you're probably then going to go for a run because you've already got out the front door. You go for a run, it doesn't really matter how long it is. But what you actually got to focus on is when the alarm goes off, I put on my running gear, not when the alarm goes off, I'm going to go for a 10K run. Because going for a 10K run is too big a thing, and that's not going to be cued by that that cue what's gonna really be cued is the first response which is putting on your running gear when you put on your running gear of course then you're going to feel like going for a run when you walk out the door you're like well i'm already out here i might as well keep going and then you'll start running once you've run 100 meters you're going to go all right i can run another 100 meters i can run another and then you'll actually do the run so it's all about breaking it down into little steps and and working on those triggers ignore the behavior just work on the trigger either get rid of it if you don't want to do it or create a new trigger something that already triggers something else but you use it to trigger this new behavior that you want to do
0: that's great so realistically we can have good triggers or bad triggers so you know if we want to get rid of a behavior get rid of that trigger like hiding the remote but if we want to have a good trigger put the shoes next to the alarm clock so as soon as you wake up uh you, you're changing that behavior
1: from on go. yeah yeah and make it easy so whatever you want to do make that really simple so only you only have to do the first bit i remember um, i was working with someone who wanted to swim regularly And so we said, all you've got to do is get in your bathers and go and hop in the pool. Now, of course, by the time she hopped in the pool, it would be pretty silly silly for her to then get out of the pool and get dressed and come home again. So since she hopped in the pool, then she'd start swimming. And she was like, before she knew it, she was swimming two kilometres a day multiple times a week because of the fact that she was just all she needed to do, all she wanted to do was put on her, her swimming gear, go to the pool and hop in the water. Um, which is an easy thing to do. right? Yep. Whereas swimming two k's multiple times a week, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So
0: don't focus on
1: that. Focus on that really easy thing.
0: So I love that because we can. How how could we use that with our kids? You know, when they see an assignment, I guess it's just sit in front of the computer and. <laughs>
1: yeah, sit in front of the computer and write the first. sentence. First paragraph. Yep. Yeah. Then once you've got that first sentence, right, you're going. The hardest thing with writing anything is you get a blank page. Um, and you don't know where to go. Whereas if you say all you've got to do is write one sentence, they'll, of course, go, oh, okay, write the sentence. But it'll, everything will come flowing and they'll start going and they'll keep keep going on it, you know. And with mass homework, all you've got to do is the first question. But, of course, once they've done the first question, it's like, well, I might as well keep, keep going while I'm sitting here. Um, and you'll find that they will keep doing it. Um, all you've got to do is open your your homework. Look or all you've got to do is yeah, open your diary to check what homework you've got to do. Because, of course, as soon as you do that, you go, oh, I've got more homework than I thought. i better start on it today rather than waiting for it tomorrow.
0: Because it's pretty easy to, um, you know, to, I guess, form those habits. How long does it actually take, though, to form a habit that you want to have? You know, some people say it takes 30 days and, or 90 days. Yeah,
1: that's complete nonsense. <laughs> um yeah so you can try especially if you're focusing on the behavior you can do it as many times as you like and it will never actually become a habit so you can do it 60 times 70 times 80 times 100 times and it won't become a habit unless you've got some trigger that will actually trigger that behavior because you need that trigger and that's why all of those systems don't work because doing it 60 times um you might have the discipline to do it 60 times, but then if you don't have the trigger that's actually causing the behaviour, it will never become automatic. So it's never going to become a behaviour. It's always going to be based on your discipline and all of our disciplines fall off occasionally. So you need to create a trigger that's going to cause that behaviour to be automatic rather than be based on some sort of discipline Um which is why those days or whatever don't work. As soon as you've got the trigger causing the behaviour, it's going to work automatically. And that can happen very, very quickly um, depending on how um, automatic, well, how regular that trigger is. So something like if you do set your alarm every morning, then linking something to your alarm going off is going to be much quicker than, say, um, something that you don't do regularly and therefore you may forget that to 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 trigger it with that you know, that trigger so you want triggers that you've already got established that happen every day and then of course that will trigger the behavior and that's why we got into a lot of trouble during the last couple of years because we've had lockdown and all of a sudden people are not doing what they normally did and so they no longer had <clears throat> a lot of people were in good habits because they had all these normal triggers that triggered them to do certain things. Whereas we got into lockdown and we no longer had all of those triggers. We had a whole bunch of new triggers that we then set up behaviours associated with those new triggers which weren't so good often, um, and we've all got into really bad habits all of a sudden.
0: Yes, and I would agree with that. I think, you know, we look back two years ago. But some of us have, got, have gotten better habits as well um, because of it. But, you know, it's so interesting to dive into habits because I guess – I know good habits sets us up for life and our children, you know, sometimes you do worry, especially with technology, because it's so easy now. It's like a piece of chocolate sitting beside you um, that they just want to, you know, they can't help. They've got that habit now that they're just always wanting to have a look at it. Any advice on that with children having that habit?
1: Yeah. So devices are so addictive because they do the triggering so, so well. And, and the, the
0: rewarding trigger. as well.
1: Yeah, and the rewarding that goes at the end. But the triggers, the the, the crucial thing that you got to get rid of and the triggers are notifications. So the triggers are the likes. The triggers that the notification that you get, little buzzes and so on that you get. And those trigger you to then look at your email or trigger you to look at your Facebook or trigger you to look at TikTok. And so what we need to do is get rid of those triggers. So if you get rid of all your notifications, if you get rid of all the buzzes and so on from all of your apps, um, so on both of my kids, they both have mobile phones, um, but we, we've turned off all the notifications so they don't get those triggers. So they decide when they're going to look at Facebook or whatever. You know, They decide when they're going to look at their uh, Messenger, for example. Messenger is probably one of the worst, right, because it's constantly buzzing them. My daughter especially, right, she's getting hundreds of messages on all the different groups she's on. If, if she was getting those buzzes all the time, she would be on Messenger all the time, but she's not. And she only does She checks it when she remembers to check it rather than being triggered and then having to... The habit of checking her phone constantly, um, and, and we know that um, teenagers in the US there's been multiple reports now that ninety percent of teenagers in the US have phantom buzz syndrome on their legs now because of the fact they get so many buzzes on their legs from their mobile phones. And uh, I, I had a very good colleague over there who, uh, who's Arizona, he was works at Arizona State, and he took a huge group of his students out into the desert, and they had no cell reception. Um, for five days and after five days 25 percent of them were still getting phantom buzzes on their legs which is a physical addiction to the mobile phones so by getting rid of those all of those notifications you get rid of all of those triggers all of a sudden and so they don't have the trigger so therefore they don't end up with the behavior um, which is a really easy way to get rid of it yeah
0: it's so interesting isn't it so what's the easiest way then to start a new habit
1: um, a is to make it easy, which we sort of talked about before, which is A, break it down so that all you've got to do, if it's something that is difficult, that's that's a big thing to do, make it really easy by just saying you've only got to do a small bit of it. You've just got to put your shoes on or you've just got to get in the pool or you've, um, yeah, something like that. Um, the, the second one is... We're also making it easy, um, but by making it easy so it's there. So um, at the beginning of lockdown, I decided um, I needed to stop looking at the news because it was all depressing and I I wanted to play guitar more often. Now, my guitars um, were all in the cases um, and the strings were actually quite rusty because I hadn't played them for a while. So one of my guitars, my my acoustic guitar, I took it out of the case, um, I restrung it. And I put it um, on a stand right next to my the chair that I sit at at dinner and at breakfast um, next to a dining room table. And so then every morning when I got up, I would eat breakfast and the guitar was right there and I'd pick it up and just play it. And then every evening after dinner, because we'd eat dinner together, um, which is a lovely thing about lockdown, um, we'd get to eat it, everyone would be there for dinner. And then at the end of dinner, I'd pick up the guitar and play it. Now my daughter's also playing the guitar because she keeps picking it up and playing it and I've been teaching her different songs. Um, and I still play it and I play it much more regularly than I ever have before because it's easier. it's right there. Whereas if it, if it was in my case, no matter what the triggers were that I used to try, try to get myself to do it more regularly, I'd then have to go and get it out of the case and tune it. And do, do, yeah? So you've got to make it really easy for yourself to actually do whatever the behaviour is you want to do as well. And then if you wanna get rid of bad behaviors, you've got to make them hard. Um, so I mean a great example is chocolate. If you don't, if you wanna stop eating chocolate, you just get rid of all the chocolate from your house. Because it's really hard to eat chocolate. Because if you want to eat chocolate, you've got to drive down to the supermarket and buy chocolate. Um, so if you get rid of it from your house, you're not gonna do those late night binges and things like that, because it's just not there. It's just not available. So we've got to make the bad habits hard and then we've got to make the good habits, the habits that we want really easily easy, um, and get rid of the triggers if you can get rid of them. You know, things like eating chocolates hard, because the triggers usually I've had a hard day, and you can't really get rid of hard days, right? Or the kids have really been bratty today or whatever, right? And so that's really hard to get rid of. So you've got to get rid of the actual thing itself. Um, Whereas other triggers you can get rid of um, by just eliminating them out of your environment or, yeah, setting up new triggers or using triggers you've already got to set up these new behaviours. I love it. Pretty any part,
0: Any any parting words uh, for those listening right now that are wanting to help their family with habits or themselves with habits?
1: I think this is really important to constantly be reflecting on where you want you to yourself to go and where you want your family to go, what sort of um, lives you really want to lead, and then decide how you're going to get there. Because it's not it's not something that you can do overnight it's something that takes a long time and it's something that you've got to work on constantly and i think it's something we need to reflect on regularly i think a lot of us just a get into bad habits because we're not reflecting on where we want to be in five years time or where we want to be in ten years time and so i think that's a really important thing to do i know people do it in business a lot you know where where do i want to be in my career and those sorts of things but they don't think about it for their family and i think it's a really important thing to, to do on a regular basis just think about where you want to be not who you want to be like but rather where you want to be in five years time and ten years time and where you want your family to be
0: it's so true well thank you so much Mark for your incredible insights as always I hope you got lots out of uh listening and forming some habits and maybe you're uh, <laughs> a little bit I guess, inspired to have a look at your habits and do some change. But uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Remember, any important links can be found in the show notes. But uh, thanks again, Mark. Great to have you.
1: Thank you for having me again, Bree.
0: Well, until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag.